Former with Glenn Curry. <laughs> The army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Little bing, you blow their brains all over your nice Ivy League suit. This will I think. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for Live at five, live yeah, at five. Live, live indeed. At five. Thursday. Look out for those uh, tornadoes. Yeah. Sound like a Mick Jagger song. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, here we are. Actually, we're going to have a phone call, an important phone call, I'm assuming in the next six, seven minutes. And no, it's not Jason Trainer. But we will be having, getting a phone call from Mr. Harry Wilson himself. Uh, running for governor, of course, on the Republican side. They had the debate the other night. The first of three. That was interesting. Saw excerpts of that again today. Uh, getting ready to talk to uh, Harry and uh, how things are going before his big primary day. Uh, just like uh, Pete, Pete Barnett running running for uh, Jefferson County Sheriff was on the hotline show today. He says it's just 12 days left. And uh, he was uh, encouraged to take the advice from the guy that ran for that office years ago. And that, of course, as everyone knows, is the Duff. The Duff man. Long time ago. So... Uh, well, not that long. Whatever. Nothing's really that long ago in the whole scheme of things, right? Back in the 90s that happened? Seems like yesterday. Yesterday. Sorry. <clears throat> Trigger thing. So I could have sang the Paul McCartney version, but I did not. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yes, Harry Wilson will be calling in in about six, seven minutes. Uh, have some good questions for him. I don't know if anyone caught the debate the, the, debate the other night or the cement pond, but uh, it, was, uh, it, it was contentious at times. And you expect that. But, of course, th- and I'll ask uh, Mr. Wilson. Oh, Mr. Wilson. Sorry. Uh, I'll ask him that. I said, you know, are, 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 were, the, were the, uh, the people there at WCBS, were they just kind of like going along with the flow here? Because it's so liberal down in New York. I don't know if they were taking it seriously. That's my view on things. Let's go to the phones and see if this is Harry himself. Hi, you're on the air. Good evening, Glenn. I'm calling in for those baseball tickets tonight. You giving some away? Wow, even cheapest. <laughs> I thought it might have been Harry Wilson, but you want those baseball tickets. Oh, do I? This is the blind guy. You talked about me yesterday. I missed it on the snuff, man. So, so you <laughs> It's like, were you you know, did you ever play the role of the of the blind guy in uh, 10 the 10 commandments when he's asking his grandson what's going on when they part the Nile? Hey, that'd be a good play for me. I'm able to. That would be a great play. I felt. I always felt so bad for that for that old man because he had to explain. Here it is, the greatest physical feat of all time, which, by the way, never happened. But Moses apparently uh, split the Nile uh, so his people can get from one side to the other and evade uh, the, the Roman soldiers. And and in the meantime, you know, the the grandson's talking to his uh, his grandfather. Oh, grandfather, if you can only see this. And I'm thinking, oh, what a horrible time to be blind. It's terrible. There's no worse time. None. That, that, this never happened before. It never happened again. And you're blind. 
So now, uh. <laughs> so you now you now wait a minute. Let me ask you, sir. You're not completely blind. Is that correct? No, I'm not completely blind yet. Not yet. Yeah, but it's coming. Yeah. Oh, that's just awful. I feel. I, I mean, again, I, I, I know you, that's a challenge for you and whatnot. But you, at least you're able to get around. I know there was a gentleman that I spoke to uh, when I was across town, like three, four years ago, that was a part of the of the blind association up here, and he he was excited about a new device that made his life better. And then he then he passed on just months later. Uh, do you know who I'm referring to, sir? Yeah, yeah. I think you're talking about uh, maybe it's Mike. He passed. Wasn't he an ex-doctor? He might have been, but he uh, there I was some was. there was some like uh, what looked to be like a telescope. Oh no 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 no! You're talking about uh, yeah, you're talking about uh, the guy that ran the association. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, a, that's a different. Yeah, different. I forgot his name. Uh, right, it's slipping my mind right well, now. Well, you can't read it. No, it's kidding. Uh, all right, so you want to go to the game? Uh, and uh, I was going to play the, the 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 sounder. I might have uh, fun with the game uh, with the tickets rather, and give away two every day. So I'll tell you what. Uh, what can we? What can I write on the back of these two tickets when I hand them over to uh, Sandy, uh, so you can pick them up here? Is there, is there a problem? Can you get here and pick them up? Yeah, I can get there and pick them up. Yeah, I went there and picked up the glove the guy gave me. Remember? Right. What did you drive? By the way, do you drive? No. Oh, okay. I don't drive. No. No. I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, what are you saying? They made the rumble strips on 81 just right. for me? Just for you. Just for you. Yeah. There's an old joke. Uh, Mike White said it. It's like uh, someone report, Someone heard that there was someone driving on the wrong side of a highway. And, and this woman says, geez, I should, ask, I should tell my grandfather. So she calls up her grandfather. This Grandpa, there's, there's, there's a guy. <laughs> there's a driver in the wrong direction. Driving in the wrong direction. He says, one, there's like <laughs> there's hundreds of them. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Hey, my buddy. Hey, my buddy called me from Tennessee, and now they're they're not doing it up here, but down in Tennessee at the Burger King down there. Yeah, you can order the the, the two for five. Right, right, right. And you can order two tops or two bottoms on their burgers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so <laughs> no, it's true, brother. Look it up in Tennessee. The Tennessee. You know, order your burgers with either two tops uh, or two bottoms. Would, would you like that as a top or a bottom? <laughs> we're gonna somewhere or other. We're getting a lot of bottoms these days. Any tops? Yeah. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> Listen, I'm getting carried away. All right, so the freaking things away. So, you know what I mean? so, but that doesn't answer the question. Are you? Are you? Coming down, what name should I? I can't put the blind guy in the back of two tickets. Yeah, that's fine. That's oh, okay. That's I hate it's cool with me. I want to meet you someday, Glenn, and have a cup of coffee with you someday. There you go. Chit chat. There you go. As long no. as you don't dribble. No, just kidding. I'm, I'm being I'm being a joke. Just as long as I don't drink. I, I, no, right? no, no, no. Hey, don't drink. Fine. Don't oh, drink yeah. me under the table. Don't get too much caffeine in you. Just start scaling hey, the walls I can like Spider-Man. Push more for you too, buddy. You can't get that started. A blind man could get that damn thing going. Yeah, and my neighbor noticed. I told you the story. My neighbor noticed that we were trying to get the lawnmower started, and he says, "No, don't bother." I said, "Why?" He says, "Well, because it's it's probably the same bad gas you gave my mother, because <laughs> I I lent her my gas, and then she lent me her mower. And long story short, uh, both mowers couldn't work." But, hey, listen, a blind guy, I got to go. I, I think Harry's calling right. right now. All right, I'll talk. I'll pick up those tickets, though. I will. I, I'm, I'll drop them off for Sandy, for the blind guy. Right. There you go. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is this uh, Mr. Wilson? No, it's nope. not. No, it's not. Hmm. Nope. Somebody wants to uh, 
clue you into biblical fact. Yes. Uh, Moses parted the Red Sea. Red Sea, not the Nile. Because they, they were leaving, because they, they were fleeing the Egyptians, not the Romans. Oh, okay. I stand correct. Well, okay. not, the, not the Nile, I was not a, the Romans. I was in the wrong, uh, okay. wrong, t- like a thousand years uh, off. Wrong, you, must, you must be reading a different Bible. Yeah, exactly. I did. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I stand correct. All right, so that was uh, from the uh, 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 for the Egyptians, not the Romans. I should know. I should know that. All right. Anyway, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Mister uh, Harry Wilson's on the phone right now. No, it's not, Glenn. It's not, and I'm oh, looking uh, at the. I'm, I'm seeing all types of numbers on the thing. Here. Uh, oh, go ahead, Glenn. I don't have no, no, no. Go ahead. He's not calling in. He's not calling in. Well, Trust me. A, Trust me. Uh, you got a phone call the other day from uh, SG. Yeah, yeah. What yes, a sir. ridiculous phone call. Yes. Accuse you of. Uh, being the fault of the Buffalo shooting, which he did, I heard. I know, I know, but I okay. Listen, this might be Harry calling in right now. Call oh, me after. Right, sorry, I'm so sorry. No problem. I'm getting, I'm getting corrected, and at the same time, if I'm not mistaken, yes, this is Mr. Harry Wilson calling. How are you doing, sir? Great, Glenn. How are you? Good. Sorry to be a middle eight. No, no, God, no, no. Don't worry. You're a busy man. You're less than 12, 12 days away from the big day. How do you feel about your campaign with twelve days left before the big primary, sir? We think it's going fantastically well. We're super excited. We're just you know, trying to close hard. We've uh, been all over the state multiple times at this point and, and really just trying to get our message out about how we're different from the other candidates. And, you know, having uh, both my 30 years of turnaround experience, I think is desperately needed in Albany to fix this state, uh, and also my past success in running statewide and you know, giving us the best chance of victory. So we going to get to as many Republican primary voters as we can for that June 20th primary. Yeah, I tell you, I, and by the way, I saw you the debate the other night. I saw a lot of excerpts from it. For some reason or other, we couldn't get the live feed up here, at least where I was, but I did manage to see a good deal of it. And, and again, you tweeted just recently, uh, the woke DAs across the United States are making constituents less safe. Fortunately, in New York, the governor, and I just learned this the other day watching Gutfeld, the governor uh, has the authority to remove rogue DAs, which is exactly what you're going to do when you become governor, Harry. Uh, and as an outsider, and that's uh, and that uh, uh, looking in, I, by the way, I never knew that that was the case, but you could take charge and, and get rid of these bad DAs once you become governor in day one, sir. That, that's exactly right, and, and it's you know it's it's a big part of our 14-page making New York safe anti-crime plan, but it's an important part, and you know it's it's a, it's a good example of I'd say two things. One is too many folks in public life are not focused on what they should be focused on, which is how do we create a high-quality place to live and work here in New York State? Mm-hmm. Safe streets, low taxes, good jobs, good public schools. That's what everybody listening wants for all of their families, right. and you know this kind of whole woke uh, ideology that's us running a follow that we need to stop and 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 then the second part is the governor has these authorities and powers to really make a big difference which is why i'm running because i really want to use those powers to basically help the state um and uh, not play the usual political games that career politicians at Albany like to like to play that it hurt all of us at, at the expense of special interests. And that to mention that you know are the the safety of of New Yorkers. And unfortunately, as I was watching uh, the the, what, the other day, uh, I learned that just this past Thursday that uh, a relative of yours, I believe, uh, I, I, it was that your cousin's father was murdered yeah. uh, uh, someplace yeah. upstate New York. So it hit you at home personally uh, because this guy apparently uh, whoever did this, he's caught hopefully, and they know who. He is and the fact he was out on cashless bail and he's a career criminal so it hits you in you know where it hurts yeah that was uh, you have a hard time talking about it Glenn, without uh you know kind of tears like it was it was such a shocker because this is my uh cousin's uh ex-wife who we're very close to she's been part of the family for 25 years and her dad uh was killed in his backyard 77 year old guy 
uh, salt to the earth, a wonderful, sweet man, Vietnam veteran, and this monster uh, had had uh, been uh, charged with assault. It was out on cashless bail. Yeah. Lived somewhere in the neighborhood, and we still don't know what happened. I, as far as I know, they never knew each other. Right. He just targeted an innocent man for no reason, and uh, and so now you know this wonderful person's life is has been ended. The family. Obviously, it's upended. You know, it's just a horrible, horrible tragedy. There's no, uh, you know, there are no words that could possibly give someone comfort. Uh, it's how this was totally unnecessary and preventable. And and it would and you know, I wasn't even. I have, it's a very private thing, so I, I was just kind of thinking aback when the question in the debate was, "Have you ever been touched personally by violence?" Right. It was just just a few days before, so just it was there, and I. You know, talked about it, but it was you know, but it, the, the core problem is what I said on the debate stage, just kind of uh, um, in, in the in the moment, which is too many politicians don't think about the victims. Right, exactly. I mean, that's every crime has a victim, right? And we need it. That, those are the people who need to be kept safe, not the folks who committed the crime and broke the law mm-hmm. and put innocent people at risk. I, I agree. I agree with you. By the way, was that characterized, in your opinion, at least at this point, as a hate crime? Was it was it that arbitrary, or was he robbing the place? Not that that makes it any better, but yeah, you know, what, I, what, what was know. it? We don't know. And I, you know, it's when you say so, it's so raw that I didn't want to ask a lot of questions. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the district attorney during her investigation will find out. Sure, sure. But we don't think he made any efforts to go into the house. Hmm. Um, I, I, we don't know what it was. Yeah, because th- that's and, and yeah. Th- that's the type of shocking stuff that we're seeing watching Fox News and, and uh, Tucker Carlson. He has a video of stuff that's been going on in Seattle uh, recently of a 62-year-old nurse getting pushed down a flight of stairs for, again, no reason. And, and the state there is paying him while he's incarcerated. Again, that's their problem. But these are the things that you're talking about that as an outsider. Now, again, from the beginning, people say, oh, Harry Wilson, was he ever an assembly person? Was he ever a state senator? Was he ever a congressman? Did he ever run before? So you know where I'm going with this. I said, well, you're an outsider. That's great. Donald Trump, outsider, never ran for office in his life. And look what happened there. And hopefully he'll come back one day. But at the same time, people probably criticize you and say, can you handle the liberal side, uh, the most, one of the l- most liberal capitals in, this, in the country as an outsider and as, and as a Republican, Republican Harry? Yes, and so uh, look, I, I think the fact that I have not been in public office and a career politician like like my opponents <laughs> is, is is one of my big assets, and I, I don't owe anything to anybody. I can't be bought. I can't be bullied. I'm not part of the club. I'm coming in to drive major change, sure. and and that's where we're going to get that done in our first year in our turnaround plan. So, in terms of kind of dealing with all the things, so you think about like. So when I hire people for our companies, and I've hired thousands of people over the years, mm-hmm. I always focus on what are their core skill sets to get the job done. Right. And to be a successful governor in a broken state like New York, mm-hmm. you have to be a, a proven executive. Mm-hmm. You have to have the ability to fix major problems. And you have to, be, you have, to have the proven ability to kind of to basically uh, push back and out-negotiate, out-maneuver really tough adversaries. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only candidate in the race that's done all three throughout his entire career. You know, every turnaround I've had to go into, I've had people who've lost money, had a really tough time. Um, you know, they're mad at, the, at whoever preceded me that I came in to replace. Right. And I've had to kind of work with them to create a whole new path. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've, I've run large companies. I mean, we restructured General Motors, which is as big as New York State government. Which is huge. <laughs> and, Absolutely and, uh, huge. And, and yeah. bureaucratic. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And so that's a, that's a lot of what we do. Like, I've actually done everything you need to do to be a successful governor. 
I've done through 30 years in the private sector, and that's why I think my skill set's such a good fit, even though I've never been in, in public office, which, again, I think is an asset, not a, not a drawback. That's absolutely true, and that's why I use the Donald Trump example, because that's the, that's the best, and, and, and others are, are continuing to do it as well. But that said, I mean, you, you were here about a month and a half ago, Harry, and you were talking mm-hmm. about your experience ret- turning a GM around back in 08, 09 with that disaster, and, and then you said, well, you know, you said, I said that's a big asset. That's a big part of what who, what you are. And he said, well, it probably didn't wouldn't do well rather in a Republican primary. Now you have one of your opponents saying that you actually crossed the aisle, so to speak. They don't use that terminology when you worked with the Obama administration. What they're not telling everyone is that you were helping a a, a huge company and the country at the same time. It was not. It was bipartisan. To me, that should be one of the biggest things New York voters should know about Harry Wilson and what you did 13, 14 years ago. Not just by saving a company, but by saving a lot of jobs across the United States. That's huge, Harry. Oh, thank you. And I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, unfortunately, uh, one of my opponents is not very honest. And, you know, two of my opponents are here, good guys, Rob and Andrew, and, and I've never criticized them, and they've never criticized me. But one, one of the opponents uh, has been attacking me dishonestly for a long time. I think he perceives me as a threat, and I think the fact he was melting down on stage shows how well we're doing versus relative to him. But that's a whole other conversation. Right, right, right. And he just has been dishonest about it. And what he says is, you know, he, he, he highlights the fact that the auto rescue happened during the Obama It started in the Bush administration, as you know. And right, right, exactly. The election. It spilled into the Obama administration. He makes it sound like I'm an Obama guy. Well, right. I'm, I'm not. I voted against Obama. I supported his opponents. I raised money for his opponents. I gave money to his opponents. Right. Never support the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, when you know, the auto rescue started, they said, look, you know, you know, you've got this great skill set, right. would you do this? And I said, well, you know, I'm a Republican and a conservative, right. and so if that's a problem, we should probably should stop talking. And they said, no, we need talent. Yeah, this, exactly. is, this is really hard. We're at, the whole country's at risk. Right. We need talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's, you know, I, I give them credit for that. You know, I think that's, that, that was the right thing to do. Um, and, uh, and, but that's, but that's, that's the way I look at it. And, and you know, and, and so it's, you know, it's, it's just a dishonest attack, but the ultimate thing is, look, you know, it's, it's the largest and, Arguably most successful industrial turnaround ever. Big time. We yeah. saved uh, a company that had been dying for years. People said couldn't it be fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, saved a million American jobs. And uh, that's, I think, the skill set that we desperately need to fix Albany. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And in addition to that, because of that skill, crossing, it, you weren't, essen- in essence, crossing the aisle. You were working with the president at the time when you were needed and they wanted your talent. But it also demonstrates how you could work on both sides of the political coin. You did it then. You could cer- you're definitely going to need someone in Albany that's certainly not going to go in there as a, a devout conservative, although you are. But you know you're going to be dealing with a lot of liberal politicians down there. So that, to me, is a very, very good thing. But, of course, the person you're talking about, one of your opponents, is Lee Zeldin. And you tweeted recently, if you don't mind me uh, saying this, uh, Harry, just uh, last week, uh, Lee Zeldin's flailing campaign is so mismanaged, out of primary cash, and now breaking the law in a desperate bid to stay afloat. Can you explain what you meant by that tweet recently, Harry? Yeah, yeah. So, so he, uh, there are two pieces to it. One, the, him, the fact that he's flailing, and two, the fact that he's out of primary cash. And so, you know, he, uh, all the public polls show this, his demeanor on the base stage show this, uh, that he is slipping rapidly as people get to know his record, which has been a go along to get along politician, mm-hmm. uh, particularly uh, with Cuomo mm-hmm. in Albany. Mm-hmm. He's never stood up for anything. Um, he's just kind of rolled over, which um, was exactly the opposite of what we want in a leader. Uh, and so that's, that's one piece of it. Uh, in terms of why he's flailing, and, and as people get to know us and how different we are and how much more we can deliver for them, mm-hmm. and particularly like the 20% income and property tax cut, which is new since the last time you and I spoke, 
uh, Interesting. talked about the yeah. biggest tax cut, but we haven't talked about the specifics. Mm-hmm. So I'll come back to that. But sure. you know, as, as people see that, we're surging, he's fall- falling. But the other piece of it is, you know, the way um, campaign finance works is you, you raise money for a primary election, you've got a, a subject to a cap, mm-hmm. and you raise money for a general election, that's subject to a cap. Mm-hmm. And he has uh, exhausted all of his primary money because he's supposed to he's raised a bunch of general election money above those caps, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be set aside. And he is using it. Uh, rather than using it to, in the, if you if you were to win the primary, to use it to fight Hochul, right. he's using it to win the primary because he's slipping so fast. Mm. I don't think he'll win the primary anyways. But it's just that's that's what that's what I was referring to. Is like he has a number. Of the, we actually have forty page lawsuit around this, talking about all the violations they had uh, to that we think are uh, improper. Interesting the election law. Wow. And I'm sorry, I didn't know. I'm glad you're bringing that up because that's what, obviously what you meant by your tweet last week. And uh, and why it might be illegal. But in addition to that, uh, you know, you, you also said just moments ago that he did, you know, vote in in the, you know, as far as Andrew Cuomo was concerned, because we got to remember that uh, Lee Zeldin was a state senator. He started that uh, back in 2010. So you're saying that he basically went along, despite the fact of being a Republican, he he went along with Cuomo's policies during his time as state senator, Harry. That's right, and we and we document this in our ads. He voted for every single Cuomo budget. He voted for all the Cuomo tax increases. Uh, he voted for there's you know two of his budgets cut police funding um, during the during those budgets and you know his response is well we, we were negotiating he's like well, listen the last time a state senator ran for governor George Pataki he voted against the Mario Cuomo budget mm-hmm. and he was one of the few senators that did right. because all those other senators were also go along to get along politicians right right, right. and Pataki showed leadership and a backbone mm-hmm. and that's why he got elected governor and and Lee did not. He basically rolled over uh, because Cuomo was popular and they didn't want to fight them. And as opposed to, you know, kind of um, uh, fighting for us taxpayers. And, his, and, and his website, right. Lee's website, defending it, he basically says, well, we had a fiscally responsible budget that cut taxes. Like, okay, well, if anybody thinks our budgets are fiscally responsible, that is disqualifying. Right, right. Like, <laughs> we are the opposite of fiscally responsible. And, and all of us taxpayers are bearing the cost of that. And so that's why we have such a kind of difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. He thinks his job was to basically kind of vote with the majority. I think any politician's job is to is to serve the people of the state and fight like hell to protect the taxpayers and voters. That's a difficult thing, live, you know, certainly in whole Albany, because the get-along uh, term that you use is very typical of Republican uh, uh, leaders, both in the Assembly and in the, the, the Senate, uh, in that, you know, they just c- kind of get along because they know they're outnumbered. Uh, and that's the big question as far as Albany is concerned. Can't, you know, again, George Pataki was the last Republican governor we had. And I said on this radio show, Harry, please don't take this in the wrong way. It's, boy, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough time to get Cuomo out of there. He is out of there. You laid out all the ways, rules, uh, reasons rather why now was the best time for someone like you to run against Hochul. Can we see? Uh, uh, you know, obviously you want to see yourself in there, but can can Albany work with a Republican governor? I guess is that question again. Yes, I, I really do think so, and I think let me let me answer in two respects. One is, can we get a Republican governor elected? Yeah, that's <laughs> and, the big uh, one. Yeah, right there. You know, I think you got to have three things. Um, and I've you know remember I'm the only one who's come close to winning statewide in the last twenty years when I ran in for controller in twenty ten. That's right. So I've got a pretty good insight into this. And you need you need a red wave, which we have, thankfully. Mm-hmm. You need a vulnerable incumbent, and Kathy Hochul is vulnerable. It's the first time those two things have happened together since right. nineteen ninety four when Pataki beat Mario Cuomo. But then the third thing is because there are 2 million more Democrats in the state now than there were in 1994, hmm. and no more Republicans. So we have a huge disadvantage versus 94. You have to do a lot better than, than the great uh, you know, Pataki campaign in 94. Right, right. And so you need, you need a candidate who can create a bipartisan coalition. 
in the last 20 years, I'm the only person who's done it. Not because I, I'm not very conservative, which I am. It's because people said, you know what? I don't agree with everything you're saying, but I know you're going to deliver for me and my family. I'm willing to, to I'm willing to support you. I got that from a lot of independents mm-hmm. and a lot of conservative and moderate Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you need all three to get elected. I, I think I'm the only one who uh, fits that last box running. And then your second part of your question of you know can can he succeed as a Republican governor? You know the the better managed blue states have done that, like Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts is much better managed than New York State. Mm-hmm. Not as well managed as Florida, <laughs> right, <laughs> much right. better managed than New York State. Right. And it's had in the last 32 years, even though it's three to one Democrat. Mm-hmm. You've had a Republican governor in all but eight years, so twenty-four to thirty-two years Republican governor, and um, and and so that's I think that 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 balance and having someone who's you know kind of more fiscally responsible than the Democrats in, in Massachusetts legislature has served the state uh, that done it a big favor you know over that long period of time. No, and so that's that's you know I think so I think you know, that's a that's a reasonable model. Um, you've seen that in some other states. I mean, Illinois had some. Uh, that Democratic states and Republican governors, right. but that's that's I think what we need is someone who can uh, kind of transcend party politics to drive major change uh, and basically uh, drag <laughs> the Democratic legislature to the right place. Right, and by the way, as you know, Pataki was from I believe Peekskill, an upstater. You're from Johnstown. Does that make a yeah. difference? I mean, you know, you won over the the upstaters, but for the first time, and as far as I can remember, we actually have an upstate governor at, from Buffalo. Uh, and again, that's for the general election and whatnot. But does the, uh, is it an advantage right now for you to be an upstater in the primary? I think it is. Like I, you know, I mean, I'm biased, right? Because I, I think uh, you know where I grew up is the greatest area in the world, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know, it's, it's and so and I, and I think it's not understood by downstate politicians at all. No, Everybody it never is. Anything over politics. above Yonkers, they don't care about. <laughs> They don't. They really don't. I know. Uh, anytime somebody says to me Westchester's upstate, I just I just laugh and shake my head. Yeah, like, and that's how they are. Not um, just the politicians. That's how New Yorkers are in general. Yes, and they they don't get it. And the, 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 all the great things about the state um, that are you know, and even I actually don't even really use the term upstate very often. I'll because because I think Western New York is so different from the North it is so or Central New York know. or Plattsburgh. Yes, it is. It's, it's like in itself three different states. I agree with you. Yeah, so I really think about like a regional focus. That's how I think about policies as governors, a regional focus, like you know, taking advantage of the greatest strengths of each region and helping overcome the challenges. But going back to your, to your broader question about uh, is it an advantage, I think it's an advantage because, one, I understand the state better. Mm-hmm. The other guys are downstate politicians. They don't really understand upstate. Not at all. Uh, exactly. And I think, you know, I think that helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. I also think it's, it's a... Um, the uh, you know I think you know you said in the general election you mentioned about Governor Hochul being uh, from from Buffalo which obviously is true but I just think that all the energy in her party is in is in basically in Brooklyn oh without a doubt you know, Brooklyn Queens city. Manhattan and, no doubt and and she has totally gone to that extreme mm-hmm. to protect her base in the Democratic primary she's always done that in her career she's always gone to the left mm-hmm. and that's what we're seeing and we're and we're as New Yorkers we're paying the price of that. Uh, because she's just passing those bad policies uh, without, um, you know, really thinking about the whole state and how different uh, the, the, the state, certain parts of the states are from others. And, and so I, I think it's and it'll it'll come back to help us in the general election as well because she's forgotten her her Western New York roots. She she did and just like Gillibrand <coughs> boasting about the, you know how they had guns and whatnot. You know they were upstaters and then once they get into the New York mix, as you know, the downstate mentality, the woke society, then they don't want anything to do with guns. Now uh, again, what happened in in Buffalo uh, this past week was was really a, you know a horrible horrible thing. Not uh, two weeks ago, excuse me. Mm-hmm. What, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, to me, I'm just going to speak out and be very transparent. 
uh, someone like an 18-year-old with the ability to buy such armory like that so quickly uh, and, and, you know, and have access to it and then do what he did, not to mention what happened in Texas, I, I think change should happen uh, with gun laws, particularly when it comes to those types of guns that seem to be very popular. What are your thoughts about that, uh, Harry? Well, so a couple things. One, obviously, it's a horrible tragedy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I actually went to the top's um, site to pay my respects. Um, I was there just a few days after the incident. It was just, you can't help but break down thinking about those poor families. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, just living their lives on a beautiful Saturday morning. And so it's just, just a horrible tragedy. And, and um, but, but, you know, I think the, the question then becomes, what do we do to prevent the next one? Uh, and I, I, you know, I've, I've been a staunch defender of the Second Amendment my whole life. I do not believe the problem of law-abiding citizens like myself. I started shooting when I was eight. I'm a gun owner today. Mm-hmm. Uh, 99.99% of gun owners are law-abiding citizens. Right. And so, I, you know, I, I think the problem is really three classes of people, criminals, the mentally ill with right. violent tendencies, mm-hmm. and these purveyors of hate, like this monster who drove from Conklin to Buffalo right. to kill people. Right. And there are ways, there are, I think we do a terrible job addressing all three of those buckets. We do a terrible job on crime. Mm-hmm. We talked about that earlier, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think we actually do a terrible job on mental illness. Mm-hmm. And at a time when mental illness has been spiking, in part because of the social isolation of the last couple of years, right. and other things, social media, well, I think there are a lot of reasons why it's happening, but it's, it's certainly happening. Mm-hmm. And we're actually reduced psychiatric beds, for example, by 15% mm-hmm. in the last few years, um, which, is, which I think is the wrong thing to do. Hmm. And then for the purveyors, hey, like this guy, there were warning signs for this guy. Big time. Um, you know, and no one paid attention to them. No one did anything about it. Same in and Texas. There were no consequences right. for the people who ignored it. Right. And that, that's where we have to target. Like, the people who were in that chat room, and that was called Discord, whatever. The, I'd actually I'd never heard of it until right. Right. Um, it came out, um, whatever it's called. Uh, right. There are people in that chat room who knew what he was planning, and they should have consequences. They're, effect- they're not quite accomplices, but they're certainly people who knew and could have reported it and should have reported it. Um, and, uh, and so things like that, which I think are kind of common sense ways to address it, right. uh, I think would eliminate the vast majority of these tragedies. You can't mm-hmm. eliminate all of them, unfortunately. Do everything you can to eliminate as many right. as possible right. um, without affecting the rights of law-abiding citizens. Right. And uh, in addition to that, now we're hearing about red flag laws. It's a slippery slope, as you know, Harry. Uh, in that, you know, then that gives some people the right to, like, say, hey, he said something on the air the other day. I don't like what he said. I'm going to get the FBI to knock on his door. So it could be very extreme. It could be for the obvious, someone in a chat room saying they're going to kill people. That's a good enough reason for a red flag law. But then we start going into other areas of privacy where, where it, seems about, it seems to be the big question mark, and people don't like that either. What say you about that, sir? Yeah, I, 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 I'm very um, kind of... Uh Concerned about the potential slippery slope, I do think for you know I think you know the way I've proposed it is to have them with uh, law enforcement discretion, mm-hmm. and so Hochul has made it mandatory. So if someone, if your neighbor doesn't like you and wants to call in a, uh, a made-up threat, right? Uh, the police, there's, under her proposal, the police have to uh, confiscate. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's right. No, it's not. It creates all rooms for abuse. But I think having police discretion around it. So if there's a real you know, real threat like this guy was, I think mm-hmm. that's a way of addressing it without creating a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect um, by any means. But I think if, you know, with the right training, so that, like, look, this guy was an obvious, anybody went and read what he said in the chat room, obviously knew that this guy was Nuts. Um, potentially, potentially right. serious risk. Yeah. And so that, those are the things you want to address, mm-hmm. and not someone just saying they're, they're upset about anything, but not threatening violence or anything like that, mm-hmm. or, which, you know, 
So that's that's uh, I think the way you strike that balance in a way that makes sense. It's tough. It's not, there's no easy answer to it. I mean, everyone now they want double doors. They want guns be restricted. They want and and you got congressional people who don't know what they're talking about at all. Uh, semi-automatics. And by the way, just to be very transparent, I don't know anything about guns. I, it, to me, it seems crazy that they're so easily uh, purchased and then used literally in some cases recently in the same day. So, but I, again, that that's a, that's a that's a long conversation. And I appreciate your your your, your candid uh, responses on all of this, by the way. You're, you're going through a big, big campaign. You've got 12 days left. One thing that popped out at the very end of the, uh, of the debate on WCBS the other night, uh, they just asked a very you know, lighthearted question about what you're good at. You did mention something about blackjack. Are you, <laughs> are you, are you really good at that, I guess? Yeah, I, uh, Are you like funny, Rain Man? I, I, uh, I wrestled with a couple things. I think the reason blackjack specifically uh, came to mind, somebody said something else about, uh, sort of the word black, what was it? Um, uh, I can't remember. One of the other guys said something, that, and that was, I had a few different thoughts in my head. Uh, oh, black, no, no, the other guy had black belt. Uh, uh, black belt, right, right, right. right. That's uh, right. Lee Zelda. Black belt. Yeah, yeah, and black belt. I, and I had a few things in my head. I, you know, I've thought about black. I actually, you know, done, uh, done decently well. I've actually been pretty good at, uh, at calling sports games. And, uh, nice. You know, have, you know as, as a sports nut, and, uh, you know, I've had spent enough time in the weight room over the years. I think I'm decent at that. But yeah. uh, I saw when, when he when he said uh, the black belt just it just triggered the blackjack in my mind. Yeah. Well, are you so. good? I mean, let me ask you: Are you good at it? Are you? Are you, you know? Yeah, I've had, you know, I think so. Like I, 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 I can I can count cards. Can you really? So, wow. Um, yeah, and so that's I've got a photographic memory and and um, you know kind of so it it ends up. You know, now with the automatic shufflers that have you know, that they have in a lot of casinos, that that's no longer relevant. But with uh, I, I stay away from those tables when I do go, and I, I haven't gotten, I haven't gambled in probably two or three years. But but um, but it's a uh, you know in a non-automatic shuffler scenario, it's uh, the Kerr County helps quite a bit. Isn't that something? So in other words, you become governor of New York State, and then you you go to Atlantic City. They said, no, we don't want him. He's a he's a, he's a card reader. <laughs> I think I think once I get elected, I can't go to any casinos at all. Uh, well, well you know, definitely don't do what Patterson did by having a relationship with another woman in another state. I don't know if you remember no, that. No, never going to do that. <laughs> um, Sorry for bringing that up. <laughs> my wife and I are hitting her 25th anniversary that in a couple c- weeks, and uh, she's by far the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So That's no, awesome. no worries about that. Not, not oh, that. I, would, I will miss playing blackjack. Yeah, that, well, there you go. Well, you should go back to it whenever you can. At least play it online. That's the best way. Listen, <laughs> That's a good idea. are you going to be up? I mean, no, it's only 12 days left. you got two more debates. When's the next debate? Well, when's the when's the next debate between you and the other uh, uh, opponents? So there are two more: Monday night on Spectrum, okay, and okay. Uh, and then Tuesday night on Newsmax. Gotcha. Got, great. All right, we're looking forward to it. And are you coming up here? I know there's not much time left, but will you be in the area between now and the primary? Yeah, we'll be there. Um, I think sometime next week. I think we'll uh, late less next week. Good. Good. Well, if you're available, we'd like to have you stop by and def- definitely speak to you before the big day. Love to do that. Excellent. Harry, uh, excellent. Thank you very much, sir. Good luck with everything, and we'll talk to you real soon. Sounds great, Glenn. Thanks, Thanks so Harry. Much. Harry Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, here, one of four Republican candidates for the big primary on the 28th of this, of this month. He was here about three, four weeks ago. Gracious man. Did very well in the debate, I thought, uh, the other day. And uh, we're glad to have him today uh, on, uh, on the show again. Let's do a commercial break. I haven't done one yet. We'll be back. Roof looking older than you all. You're back. Well, thank you for uh, the phone call to Harry Wilson. Second time. Actually, wait. No, he was here in studio. I get mixed up myself. Peter Pauly. Uh, yeah, Harry Wilson, uh, 12 days away from the big day. You know, the, the thing about he and Lee Zeldin, uh, at, at one point he didn't really say it was Lee. I, I, I wanted to clarify that. 
Uh, but they, they were contentious between each other. And, and in addition to that, Astorino and Zeldin were going at it. And, and Zeldin just kind of like put his hands up in the air, like, you know. And, and of course, Andrew, Andrew uh, Giuliani was just kind of observing the whole thing, like, you know. Like that guy years ago, I says, uh, why am I here? What, 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 what time is it? Uh, nah, he did well as well. He did, Andrew did well as well. Excuse me. That's redundant, and it doesn't sound grammatically correct, but that's the best I could do right now. Because I'm trying to juggle things. I know I got another phone call coming in, and this might be Jay Madison calling in about the Watertown Rapids. Jay, is that you? This is me, Glenn. How you doing, sir? Jay Madison, how you doing? Are you on the field right now? Yes, I am. I'm, uh, I'm standing just, well, just off the field. So let me ask you, first of all, is there going to be a game tonight? Yes, we, uh, we've got the tarp on the uh, diamond right now, just in case we get another shower moving through. Right. Uh, right, we're, we're in basically a half-hour delay okay. just to give everything a chance to move through, and then we'll pull the tarp and get a game in. Gotcha, gotcha. So tonight there, there's a game, uh, and then bit Saturday there's a big, big game. We're gonna, that's, the, that's what we t- really want to talk about. And then on Sunday you have a doubleheader. But Saturday is ag, ag night. And appropriate, of yeah. course, because, uh, you know, your title, uh, uh, with, again, give us your title and what you do at Cornell, uh, 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 Jay. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, well, I'm the Jefferson County Agricultural Coordinator, and I, I actually work for Jefferson County Economic Development. Okay, so, gotcha. Sorry. Uh, what but the, I yeah. do a lot of things with Cornell, but, yeah, I, I work for the local development folks here in the county. Now, again, I know we're here to talk about baseball, but you were on Channel 7 last night talking about the big chicken farm that's going to – and you were surprised <laughs> that, you know, here it was, they initiated the, I guess, the corner of the building it. Uh, they had the ceremonies at the industrial park. But yeah, now, yeah. as of yesterday, it's actually expanded to, like, 40% bigger or something like that, Jay? Yeah, actually, they doubled. Uh, they had, uh, they were talking about uh, uh, what was it, four four hundred thousand chicks a week right. uh, that they were going to produce. Wow! Um, but that was their phase one plan. Then uh, phase two was to go to eight hundred thousand. Wow! Well, because of because of the way uh, you know costs have gone up because of inflation and all that stuff. Um, they've decided to go right to phase two, 800,000 chicks a week. Wow. It makes a lot more sense for them to do that, um, and just uh, it, it gives them better efficiencies of scale. So, hmm. yeah, big surprise, and it means more revenue coming through that company right. into the county. And more jobs. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great for all of us here because, you know, the, they'll be pumping more money through their business um, and that, you know, in the end has a benefit to all of us here in Jefferson County. So it's pretty exciting. It was great news. So what does that mean? Like all these chickens are going to be born, are born and raised here, and then they're going to be shipped off to college to Purdue or somewhere <laughs> where they'll be slaughtered? What, what does this mean? Uh, no, actually, what happens is that they've got laying operations where there's actual chickens. They're down in Georgia, Arkansas, Florida, all over those places. Right. They, they lay the eggs down there. Then they load them right onto a tractor trailer, a refrigerated tractor trailer, right. and they can they can transport those chicks as long as they're here within three days. Wow. Those eggs remain viable. This place, this facility we're building here in Jefferson County, yeah. is actually, if you can imagine, it simulates the butt end of a, a hen chicken. Wow! Um, you know, as she would sit on that egg, it provides warmth and humidity, it yeah. rotates it every once in a while, yeah. while this hatchery uh, that they're building here, yeah. 
it does the same thing, but without the without the hen chicken in it. Wow! So then, uh, robotic the, chickens. The eggs come in. They go into these uh, incubator rooms. They they're in there for eighteen days. Huh. Then a computer will check the egg to make sure that it's a viable check. Right. And then after that, it goes into a hatching room for three days. Wow. So 21 days, it's in that building. Yeah. And when then, the chicks hatch, right. they're immediately uh, loaded onto tractor trailers. Right. And they're transported to farms all over the Northeast and into Canada, where they're raised up as well, uh, the rotisserie chickens you get at the store, yeah, uh, those are broiler chickens, right. and that's what these chicks eventually become. No, so they're Canadian chicks. I didn't know that. All those rotisserie <laughs> chicks. Hey, look at the Canadian. Look, hey, look at the roadie. Sorry, that's bad. Hey, hey, hey. yeah. Well, well, we're selling all these chicks to the socialists up there. What's hey? What's going on here? Come on, Jay. We can do better than that. You know, Mister. Uh, hey, as long as they're willing to pay. No, for them, I know. We'll I send know. the chicks up there. I we know. don't care. No. Get them up there. Well, this is just one example of how the agricultural business is now being very, very high tech. Very. I mean, listen, what you just said. That's not your traditional farming, but they doubled its size. And now on Saturday, it's yep. going to be Ag Night at the Rapids Watertown game at the uh, Toyota Field at the fairgrounds at Alex Duffy. And what's interesting is that we're calling it Ag Night, but it starts at 4 o'clock. you got some big obstacle course for the kids uh, before the game, uh, Jay, like two and a half hours before the game. They can have fun before the game even starts. Yeah, yeah. We, we want all the kids to come out. We've got uh, the NFL Players Association and the American Dairy Association Northeast. Uh, they team up to create this program. Uh, they do this a lot at schools and stuff. I think we may very well be the first ballpark to ever do this, hmm. where we bring in that fuel up to play sixty program. Right, right. And they're they're bringing in. It's going to be a big inflatable obstacle course. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of giveaways that they're they're going to be providing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be free chocolate milk mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff like that. And there's going to be an NFL player here. Right, and right. the kids. The kids will be able to have their picture taken, get autographs, all that. Cause it's going to be a zoo, a fun zoo, right. if you will, yeah. here on Saturday from 4 to game time, 4 to 6.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Fuel Up to Play 60 program will be going on. And that's free? Is that free, Jay? No, you do have to pay to get in, just okay. as if you were okay, got to you. Understand. Game, but Good Lord, our prices are so cheap here. Uh, you know, adults are nine. I forget what we charge for kids. Well, it's it's We're a, probably it, one of the ba- cheapest forms of entertainment, or at least expensive, I should say, right. forms of entertainment for families. You know, anywhere in the North Country. Yeah, it, uh, you know, other than being free, it's you know a great time. Yeah, and well, that's just that's before the game. That's that's just talking about the stuff we do before the game. And then, of course, the game, and then after the game, you got fireworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, it, this was great how it happened. Watertown Pride, you know, they're celebrating uh, Pride Weekend right. here in, in Jefferson County this weekend. Um, they decided to have fireworks right after our game. Wow. So all of our fans that are going to be here in the stadium, they're going to be treated to fireworks courtesy of Watertown Pride. So yep. we're going to keep, you know, keep the place open and, uh, you know, our fans will be able to enjoy the fireworks right from their seats. So, but, sat- Glenn, yeah. don't forget what goes on 
during the game. Oh, that's, of course, right, that's right. That's just as much fun as before and after. You got Chewbacca? No, just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Wazoo. Wazoo. Wazoo the bleacher creature. Right, right, right. And you also have the uh, the the, uh, the lady of the sea or something, the sea hag or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Lily Daniels. She is the sea witch, and uh, she comes out. Uh, she visits the park. Uh, her apparition appears here, right? And you know, she 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 perished out on Lake Ontario back a hundred years ago, right? And now she's coming back looking for baseball players that happen to play for the opposing team. Wow. Wow. And uh, so she's, she's visited us a couple times, and we do expect to see her appear again on Saturday. Right. Um, and she just has a great old time, and people have a great time with her. And she just she falls in love with the other players from the other team. There you go. I don't know why. Well, well that's good. It's like a Medusa thing. You know, she'll she'll turn them to stone <laughs> yeah. so that they can't play. Uh, well, that's and, great. So, yeah, go ahead. And we're going to have the Butler Did It players. They're going to be here Saturday night as well. Wow. Um, they they do a lot of the murder mystery theaters uh, here in the North Country. Right. They come here every so often, and Saturday night they'll be here, um, and perform street improv. Uh, the fans sometimes don't even know they're there, and all of a sudden there's this you know, thing, this skit going on around you. Right. And you know, we usually bring them out on the field, and they'll do a skit out there. So it's just all part of the, the, the circus right. um, entertainment atmosphere that we've created around a baseball game. That's right. Here in northern New York. And it's the, and again, and then the doubleheader on Sunday. Listen, Jay, i got to go now. i got to do a break because we're getting uh, yep. to the 6 yep. o'clock. But listen, good luck. The game will happen tonight. Is that correct? Yes, it'll happen. Uh, if you want to double-check, just watch our social media. All right, sounds good. Jay, thanks for the call. Ag Night starts at 4 with the big uh, obstacle course, at 4 o'clock, then the game, then the fireworks. Uh, great family entertainment for very little money. Jay, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, Have a good night. Yes, you too. That's uh, Jay Madison for the uh, Watertown Rapids at the fairgrounds. Got to do a break. We'll be back. The headlines are clear. Dangerous drugs in our communities are a threat to a Claudia Tenney for Congress. All right, we've got like 40 seconds left. Uh, did I manage things to today as far as the commercial breaks are concerned? Probably not. Just like Big Steve said just yesterday. Uh, who, who, was, who puts a commercial break on with like three minutes left in the show? Oh, it's Big Steve. Never says goodbye. Like, like a song from the 70s. He never says goodbye. <clears throat> uh, maybe not one of the bigger hits from the 70s. In fact, it, it wasn't a hit at all. Uh, got like 13 seconds left. Thanks to Harry Wilson. We wish him well. Someone actually texted in and said uh, he's got my vote and he's going to put his sign out front. So uh, that, that's good for Harry. And hopefully there's more. For Harry's sake. AM 1240 WE10 Water to Mix is legal. Up next, CBS News, and I just screwed up again.